Hello, and welcome to jasonnewland.com. This is the Hypnotic Buffet, and I'm sitting here in my big black squeaky chair. Andre is in his bag. He's actually stare. He's staring at me. I can see him looking at me through the bag at me for some reason. I'm not sure why. And he's a bit on heat at the moment. I think he knows I'm talking about him. Don't you, Andre? Hey. Eh? So. He's basically trying to have sex with everything at the moment. It's it's really grabbing him. It's a uncontrollable urge. And I think I know what it feels like. I mean, I was a bit like that when I was a teenager. And technically, he is, although he's two and a half... He's kind of a teenager now, really. He's at that age. So he's uh, a little bit horny. A lot of horny, a lot of the time. Anyway, he's uh, he's definitely leaving his mark on uh, the flat. Quite a, different, a few different places. So since last... Monday, because I do these sessions every Monday, these audios, and since last Monday, I'm trying to think what's happened, had a few strange things, not strange, but a couple of, one, one particular weird thing is I had a, I've been promoting my podcasts, as I mentioned, probably in the last Hypnotic Buffet, and I've been putting quite a bit of energy in promoting them and organising things and, you know, just trying to get more viewers, more listeners, more, uh, you know, a bigger audience, basically. And I got a message from someone on Twitter who I guess must have... I don't know how they came across my Twitter, but they must have... I guess gone onto my website or something and clicked on the Twitter to send me uh, a message telling me how rubbish I am Uh, but it wasn't her words I think it was uh, I came across your your podcast played your podcast and what a pile of shite you really should get yourself a day job something like that which is very very pleasant as you can imagine it's uh, like a early Christmas present oh so I um, I retweeted I didn't reply because some things are not worth replying to I just shared her comment on Twitter Facebook and Google just to Google Plus just to let people you know see what was said and because I figure if I'm going to share the nice comments again I might as well share the horrible ones too because I don't get many so it's always uh, fun to share that to give it more of an even an even kind of thing and if I'm honest it did affect me a bit and I didn't didn't feel great and in the past I've been affected by negative comments and I've I've even gone as far as deleting YouTube channels and deleting podcasts and deleting my website and you know coming off of Facebook, Twitter and you know so I've kind of re overreacted a few occasions over the years. I try not to do that now. I try to just walk away physically, walk away, you know, put the laptop close the laptop and just go and do something else 
there's this I guess there's this this fear in me of causing harm to others I don't want to cause harm to anybody emotionally I can't physically cause harm to anybody by talking you know doing a podcast but at the same time I guess some things I'll talk about and maybe I don't I don't I'm not doing this to upset people or to be confrontational or controversial or anything like that And I don't know if it was this podcast that she was referring to or if it could have been anything. I've got about 13 podcasts, different ones. So it's uh, it could be various different things. It could, be a, it could have been a relaxation session that she listened to. And it's not going to be for everyone. You know, some people may struggle to listen to me uh, when it comes to relaxing because there's one particular uh, that I know um, this person speaks very 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 quickly very quickly and I really don't speak very quickly I do when I'm manic or when I'm excited about something or you know so I don't, I'm not always I don't always talk slowly but I do edge very much towards the slower talking and I think that when someone's a really quick talker sometimes because I'm not going to generalise this I'm saying some people may struggle I'm I'm just talking too slowly they might be come on what, 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 what you know hurry up, hurry up, what are you trying to say, what are you trying to say, what's next? Um, that doesn't really work with relaxation. The thing is, if I was in a room with somebody that talked quickly, this is something that I would discuss with them and I would use a different technique or different... I'd, I'd, if I was in a room with somebody, whoever they were, whether they were a fast talker, whether they didn't speak much English, whether they had problems, you know, hearing, where whatever the issue, I would adjust what I was doing to suit that person as best as I could. When I'm doing stuff online, people from all over the world will be listening to my podcasts and to my audio sessions and videos and various things I do all over the world I see the stats and you know pretty much every country in the world seems to someone listens or watches my stuff so it's hard I guess to accommodate everybody I wish I could but that's the reason why a lot of my sessions are very maybe vague in some ways I don't necessarily focus on visual stuff in a sense of walking on a beach or in a forest or and I, I like some of that stuff myself but what about people that don't what about somebody that is maybe afraid of the ocean somebody that's um, doesn't want to walk through a forest so I've tried to over the years over the last 12 years to try and accommodate as much a wider of an audience as possible that's what I've tried to do it's, of course it's not going to work for everybody it's not going to be for everybody and some people are going to listen to me and think uh, you know maybe have an idea that everyone from England speaks like like really, I don't know, like, uh, what's his name for Mary Poppins? All right, there, governor. Top of the day to you. Or I don't know, whatever. But Or maybe speak like the royal family, you know, like um, royalty. And I don't. Like Downton Abbey. 
I think that some people in other countries might think that we English, all English people speak like that and we don't, we really don't there's some very, very extremely different accents just around this country and it's, well, I live in a very small country it's not small if you walk it but compared to some other countries we are very small but there's lots of very different accents that even I struggle to understand sometimes I have to slow down or quicken my brain you know in order to understand what's being said all the time so I, I hope that I am understandable that's another reason possibly why I speak slowly um, apart from the fact that I just naturally speak slowly but not all the time I don't know why I mentioned about speaking slowly it wasn't really my aim for this hypnotic buffet session to talk about speaking slowly I had a bath earlier I smell delicious oh you wouldn't believe it so with these hypnotic buffets I'll explain kind of what they are like all my sessions really only listen if you can safely close your eyes which is something that I really should say at the beginning um, but it's not necessarily hypnosis it's just talking about things and maybe some of it is interesting some of it is boring some of it is uh, fits in with your own experiences of life or your own ideas maybe there's you know like a little bit of a, a mirroring of ideas sometimes with what I say and what maybe you thought about and that's what these hypnotic buffets are for sometimes and they're also in some ways dictated by my mood as well because I record these every Monday there's a chance that I'm not always going to be in the best mood because I have bipolar I have a, a mood disorder so I'm, on med I'm medicated for it and sometimes I'm using the word sometimes a lot today uh, on occasions my concentration isn't so great at other times, I'm trying to think of different versions of sometimes, at other times, I may be very serious. And of course, there's going to be occasions when I'm just really like very playful and maybe a bit cheeky, mischievous, maybe. So, yeah, it's just this is if each session is different, but ultimately. Um, the reason I'm continuing with these hypnotic buffets is because I've been told that by some people that they like it. Uh, and if you don't like it, don't listen. If you do like it, maybe let me know. I realise that um, in some ways people show they like something by listening. So I guess, you know, by coming back and listening and, you know, so I understand that. But it's always nice to get a little bit of feedback. I don't really want to hear horrible feedback because I'm a human being with emotions. Sorry, it's, that's the truth. And I don't get paid for doing this. I do this in the hope that it will help others on a, maybe a tiny level and maybe help me. But also something about a routine as well. At the moment, the only routine I have in my whole week, a specific kind of a must-do thing, is these hypnotic buffets. And of course there's other stuff that I must do I need to go to the toilet, I need to eat I need to have a bath you know, but I'm talking about things that are important to me 
Because, you know, things like eating doesn't excite me. You might, if you looked at my belly, you might think I'm lying. You might think, well, surely you've got to get a little bit excited about it. Otherwise, you wouldn't do it so often. And you'd be slim, like me. But, you know, I, I do have a, a bit of a belly, a little bit. And I don't get a huge amount of enjoyment out of eating. Partly because maybe I'm not a very good cook. Uh, and that's because I don't care about it. It's not something that I've got any interest in. I've got a friend who I see fairly regularly, most days actually. And he's a really good cook. He's got real, you know, he could be a chef. He could, I don't think he, he hasn't trained to be a chef, but he definitely has the makings if he wanted to go into that line of work to be a chef because he's really, really, really good cook. And he takes his time and he, he, he has love for it. He has love for the food that he cooks. And it's, uh, it's important to him. And, you know, for me, food is just... It's like going to the toilet for me. It's just something I have to do. You know, eating is very much like wiping my ass. <laughs> it's, it's terrible, isn't it? But I don't... I enjoy food if I go out, maybe to a restaurant, which is something that I haven't done for a very, very long time. Can't even remember the last time I went out to a restaurant. Um, by the way, if, if you... If you're female and you think that I'm lovely and you want to take me out to a restaurant, just let me know. I haven't been to a restaurant for absolutely ages, but I do like that. And someone asked me the other day if I wanted to go to the cinema with them. This is a, a bloke, and it's like a friend. And I said, I didn't want to be honest, but I said, no, it's all right. And I kind of just avoided the, the, the question. But the fact is... I only like going to the cinema with a girlfriend if I'm someone that I'm dating. It's for me going to the cinema is unless I go on my own. I like to go on my own otherwise. But for me going to the cinema with another person is an intimate experience. That's just for me. I d I don't know if anyone else feels that way, but it's it's a I've never really had much in a way of money over, you know, during my life. So never sort of gone on holiday with a girlfriend or had a a not, you know, really expensive outing, you know. It's really um it's not necessarily been on the cheap, but it's been manageable financially. So most of the things that I've done with girlfriends in the past has been you know, going out for a meal, going to the cinema, going to a, maybe a tourist attraction, you know, things, quite simple things. I'm not really a complicated person when it comes to that. You know, I worry that one day I'm going to meet someone that I just fall in love with and it turns out that they're uh, into mountain climbing or something like that or you know, jumping jumping out of planes with parachutes, paragliding, or maybe they're an astronaut, I don't know, you know, just, or a pilot, and they like, they like to go out in a small aircraft, and they want me to go in with them, like, that would scare me, because none of those things appealed to me, and, unfortunately, if any, if the past is anything to go by with me, I may actually pretend to be interested in that stuff, just so that she'll like me. And I hope I wouldn't do that now, but in the past I've perhaps not been totally honest with my dislike for certain activities, just because I like the person I was with and I hoped that I wouldn't have to do those things, like mountain climbing or parachuting or pretty much anything but watch television sometimes, I think, for me. So I'm not really much of a catch because I'm very... I suppose I'm quite boring, really. But that's part of my charm. I think I'm... I'm boring, but I embrace... <laughs> I embrace the boredom. 
and which is why I do the hypnosis sessions because I can talk and talk and talk and those people with insomnia who just need to sleep they can listen to me and eventually they will just drift off asleep especially if they're tired which is why you should never listen to me if you're tired unless you're able to go to sleep because I don't have the most exciting voice I know this um, I'm no Jim Carrey I realise I haven't got the the animated I do do funny voices sometimes but I don't do them on these ones on these hypnotic buffets but I have done some funny voices over the years not not hypnosis but just on my Jason chats which brings me to that actually I've started doing Jason chat videos again so basically the Jason chat videos are my vlog it's a video vlog it's like a video diary and I'm probably going to do one every day I've got a new website called jasonchats.com it says Jason chats j-a-s-o-n-c-h-a-t-s dot com and there's a link to it from my website my main website so yeah I'm going to be doing that and that's just like a little diary like 10-20 minutes a day where I just chat about what's going on and there's no therapeutic benefit at all to any of that stuff and I won't necessarily be talking slowly I might talk fast, I might talk slow, I might say some swear words even, you know I don't dress up for it, I might be in my dressing gown, you might even get to see a nipple or two, or three you know, it's really it's just whatever I want it to be just a diary I used to do, I've been doing vlogs for years and years and years and I've lost, you know, over a hundred of them, and it'd be nice to be able to go back and just listen and watch what I was saying, you know, six, seven years ago, just to get more of an idea of what I was going through, you know, because there was a time when I was doing vlogs and I'd do them whether I was feeling okay or not. Regardless of how I felt, I would continue. And that makes me think about the idea of putting on a there's been a few things on my mind actually but this is a continuing thing can I be real can I just be myself and if so how but then with well being human really we've all got different moods that we have we all um, imagine we don't feel the same no one feels the same all the time even though some people might think they do but they don't it's just some feelings are stronger and I know that I've seen people and spoken to people where they when they're in a particular emotion let's say depression that feeling they're experiencing in that moment is so strong that they forget any other experience and emotion they've had previously which is opposite to that that you know so any pleasure so they can watch a movie a comedy laugh their head off maybe for an hour and then an hour later they'll be back into depression and have that strong feeling of depression and be saying oh, I never laugh and I never and they're completely forgotten and they dismiss the fact that actually they're not always in that same feeling the whole time because none of us are and it can be sometimes difficult to acknowledge that I think and there's a pressure I find there's a bit of a pressure you know if you've been diagnosed with something there's a pressure to be that diagnosis I feel I feel sometimes there's a bit of a, a pressure for me to be 
bipolar to be you know a depressive or a bit hyper or you know whatever just there's to be that and sometimes when I don't feel that way I'm feeling a good mood and I'm feeling really happy not manic but just feeling really good which I do sometimes feel that way and sometimes I feel guilty like oh I can't be bipolar if I'm feeling happy I shouldn't be on benefits I should be working if I feel happy but that feeling doesn't last I've actually um like to get rid of guilt I think we need to really start flushing our guilt away down the toilet again it's just an idea these are just ideas hypnotic buffet different thoughts that maybe are useful maybe not might be a pile of shit pile of shite like that woman said might be really useful there might be a little nugget of gold somewhere. So guilt, what are you guilty for? What do you feel guilty for rather, I should say? And I don't know if it's because I was brought up as a Catholic. And when I say brought up as a Catholic, uh, I actually lived for quite a while in a children's home run by Catholic nuns I lived with Catholic nuns I had a church in my garden I lived in a big massive white house with a massive huge house with walls surrounding the building with lots of other children lived in, in dormitories run by some nuns that were nice some that were really 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 quite nasty anyway I had that I guess a degree of guilt pushed into me you know uh, not f well I suppose yeah in some ways forced and then I lived in a family where it was after the the children's home I was living in a family where the the adult one of the main adult was brought up as a Catholic so there was kind of a bit of guilt tripping going on there as well and again it's, it's I don't think we're always aware that we're doing it and I think I still do it sometimes I catch myself I'm more aware of it now because I have very little contact with other people so when I do have a conversation with somebody I notice what I'm saying and I'm a bit more aware of just like backtracking and like wait a minute what did I mean when I said that because I don't want to put a guilt trip on anybody because I don't actually want anybody to feel guilty about anything to do with me and we're all responsible for our own decisions in life. And I don't really want to be feeling guilty about what I've done either. I kind of feel that if you, not you, but if, if we, if I, the way to get rid of guilt is by perhaps acknowledging the thing that I've done that I perhaps potentially feel guilty about 
acknowledging it, taking responsibility for it, but at the same time, perhaps being able to be aware that maybe it was a bit out of my control, maybe situations, you know, I wasn't thinking straight, I wasn't myself at the time. But what I can do, acknowledge that it's happened. I can feel bad that it's happened. I can regret, deep, deep regret. But I can also, by by not having that guilt, I can just decide that I'm not ever going to do that again. And that can let the guilt just disappear, dissolve. And once I realise that I'm not going to repeat that particular behaviour, I kind of feel more relaxed. You know? I prefer regret rather than guilt. But I'm not a big fan of regret either. As far as, for me, regret is a feeling to let go. It's a process. You know, it's a... For me, you could say regret is like a big wet fart, big smelly fart. And you've got a choice. You, you can leave that fart in the room and just smell it. Or you can open the windows and let the fart out, let some air in. That's what regret's like. It's useful, you've let out the air, especially if you've got like heartburn or indigestion, you know, gas, trap gas, trap wind. You've let the fart out. Your stomach feels better. And you can open the window and let that out. And by choosing not to do something again, it can feel quite nice. I'll give you an example. I this is years ago. I, I had a go. I I can't remember what it was. Someone phoned me up, or I phoned the call centre up, and it was to do with uh, probably my mobile phone or. Uh, something, some kind of bill phoned up and the person was just not being very useful as not giving me the information that I required and wasn't just wasn't being flexible at all and I started getting angry I didn't swear at, at the person but I wasn't friendly I was I suppose I was kind of on the verge of rudeness but without being personal to them so I kind of showed a degree of anger to that person but I was angry you know that was the feeling that I was expressing because that's what was there it was frustration through due to lack of professionalism on you know, the part of the other person. That's how I felt at the time. But I noticed actually afterwards when I put the phone down, firstly, I felt incredibly guilty. I was kind of disgusted at myself for having talked to another human being like that. That I'd not even met. This is quite a few years back, probably about six years ago. And I noticed that I had been talking down to that person as if I was more important than them, which I'm not. 
no one's more important than anyone else as far as you know being human beings go and I just I really felt bad about myself I felt, felt bad I felt bad for the person on the other end of the phone that had to listen to me being obnoxious and just I started thinking you know that I've worked in call centres I know what it's like to be on the other end of an angry customer and it could have been that person's first day at the job and they didn't know exactly what they were doing but we all have to learn by doing and I've been in that situation and I actually wanted to phone the company back and apologise to her or to him whoever it was I can't I think it might have been a man or woman I really don't remember I wanted to apologise and say I'm sorry but I know it's a call centre and a chance of you getting through to the same person twice in a row is very very unlikely because it's a big company so I decided it was never going to happen again I was never ever going to be rude on the phone to somebody like that ever again <laughs> I was going to say and it's only happened six times since but yeah it's and I decided that's you know I didn't want to have guilt over it I had guilt immediately I mean I really felt actually depressed really really it hit me emotionally um, because I was disgusted with myself and the only way really for me to move away from that feeling it was to in order to let it go was to acknowledge it acknowledge that the reason I was feeling so down was because I was in some ways going against my own belief system my belief system and my experience as well how can I justify being rude to someone in a call centre when I know what it feels like to work in call centres which I did for many years and to regularly have people be rude to me and that feeling of powerlessness as well I guess from both sides really to not be in control because uh, the person in the call centre doesn't have a huge amount of control other than to hang up and the person the phone in doesn't really have much control it's a very difficult situation as far as communication goes so the only way really that I could let go or that I felt I could let go is by acknowledging it and promising myself that I would never do that again and never behave like that again to someone on the phone and also to that wish to call up that person and apologise was there the intent was there but logically there's just no point because I wouldn't have got through to them anyway and I was able to let go of that guilt which was nice I still didn't feel good I didn't like feel oh I feel wonderful now I didn't I still it's I think about it and I still have a, a very dis, just tasted bad, like a bad taste, you know. Didn't feel right. Didn't feel like that was who I was or who I am or who I'm supposed to be, who I am really. I suppose that's pretty why I was talking earlier about who are we who 
Who are we really as a person? How much do we go along with? How many things do we go along with that we don't um, that don't really fit into who we are really? You know, how much behaviour um, verbally, physically, how much how many things that we do in life that actually we only do because the people around us are doing it or because our family expect us to do it because that's what they do or perhaps that's because that's what we've always done in the past again only you can know you know the personal experiences that you've had in your life and those changes that occur because we're always going to have changes happening anyway I think sometimes it's a case of you know if you're, I'm not a driver but I, I do know you know the basics of roads and you know there can be a road and there can be a a road leading onto a a busy road a main road and you have to wait and eventually you get a chance maybe a, a car will stop and let you through so you can join in the traffic of the busy road or maybe you wait until there's no traffic and you join but either way you have a choice you choose to join that road and you wait and then when there's an opportunity you take it and you choose which roads you go on if you're a driver you choose where you go there's lots of different routes usually lots of different roads to choose from for your journey and I think really when it comes to your mind and your life and your the choices we make there's always another road that you can choose to drive down there's always a different turning so wherever you go there's always a roundabout coming up where you can turn off this roundabout has so many different options that you can choose you know and each one of those roads that you go down always has another roundabout giving you an opportunity to choose something else or to carry on so we've always got choices all the time ahead of us all day every day and I've often said in the past you know in my, my sessions that you can choose what you do every second of every day you can choose what you do next and I believe that I'm not saying it's easy but everyone I think at times in their life just say that's you know maybe uh, no more I'm not going to do that anymore or I'm going to do that now wanted to do that for a long time now I'm going to do it always wanted to learn to paint or learn to ski or always wanted to maybe learn to play the piano you know something maybe that you've always wanted to do and one day you decide to do it that's another roundabout with a choice it's kind of like every second of every day there's a roundabout that we get to so you don't have to continue doing what you're doing we don't have to continue doing what we're doing it's always a choice it's amazing how often maybe we forget that or don't realise that maybe never realise that the thing is that once you know something you know it it's like 
is it the sixth sense or the fifth yeah sixth sense if you ever watched the sixth sense the film with Bruce Willis I'm not going to spoil the film but I'm just going to say if you've watched it you're never ever going to forget that film you're never ever going to forget a certain aspect of that film which you'll know if, you, if you've seen it so at no point in the future will you be able to watch that film again and not know you know it's for me it's one of those films that it's hard to watch more than once because if you know not in the same way as the Titanic because you know if you or if you watch a film about the second world war there's no surprise ending is there you know kind of what happened you know the Titanic you know what's going to happen there so I'm not really that into those films I like a I like a surprise ending but then if you do get a surprise ending then you're going to know that that surprise ending is there which means once you know something it's there isn't it once you realise that you can make choices you don't have to do the same thing as you've done in the past don't have to behave in a certain way it's a choice that's the thing I think it's so important for us to remember that we do have choices it takes the guilt away you know it takes the the guilt of or the the feeling hard done by or trying to make someone else feel guilty because you're doing something to help them and you don't want to help them and uh, you know well actually you don't have to help anybody you don't have to do anything you choose to do it even if you feel you have to and you've got no choice the fact is you do have a choice I know that goes against how I guess as humans we are uh, trained to perceive our lives from a very early age that we have no choice but to do things but we do you have a choice once you realise you have a choice once you realise that you're choosing to look after that person that uh, that child or that parent elderly parent or you're choosing to do that job that maybe you don't completely love it then gives you choices to then not feel so hard done by to not feel like a victim and to make a choice and maybe make ch changes if you need to if you realise that you're choosing to do something that you really don't want to do then you can continue doing it feeling a bit more relaxed a bit calmer knowing that it is a choice or you can stop doing it do something different either way it's a choice and I know it doesn't feel like a choice sometimes but everything we, everything we do action wise outside of illness and you know basic physical things you know you don't choose we don't choose to be ill at times we don't choose to don't choose for your hair to grow, for your hair to fall out. Don't choose to go to the toilet or to feel hungry. You know, of course, those things we don't choose. You don't choose to fall in love. You don't choose to be attracted to a person or to maybe even f be repulsed by a person. It's definitely something to look at and maybe wonder why. So those things aren't a choice. 
but when it comes to things that we do things that we actually how we live our lives those are choices whether you drive to work or get the bus to work or get the train to work or walk to work of course finances can have an impact on those things as well or whether you're rude to somebody whether you you know have a go at somebody or whether you whatever it's a choice this whole idea of not being able to control what we do we choose our behaviour yet we put it down to sometimes we might put it down to you know not being able to control it and it just happens naturally and everything is a choice everything has a thought before even if it's very quick there's always a thought before behaviour anyway time to watch television so I'm going to leave you on this so it's just something I've been thinking about so I'm going to go you take care of yourselves and remember my website is jasonnewland.com my new website is jasonchats.com that's my Jason Chat video blog, vlog, thingy, jig that I'll be doing and there's lots of podcasts I've been uploading my videos to um, my website as well so all my hypnosis mp3s are on my website and all my hypnosis videos will also be on my website most of them are already on there now and uh, I've also got lots of podcasts that are separate as well and you can contact me if you want on there so take care yourselves I'm Jason Newland I will be back next Monday for another hypnotic buffet so take care yourselves and remember to treat yourself the way that you would like to be treated bye